This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. guys, Kill Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining. In today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about resiliency. I'm going to give you three secrets of resilient people. But first and foremost, before I forget, if you haven't done so already, I know most of you guys do, make sure you go over and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just YouTube search Akil Stokes. Check out my weekly video as well as what, 600, 700 plus other videos that are over there. Um, Make sure when you subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you don't miss my latest video. Now, I'm just coming off of a very good meetup, um, a virtual meetup, of course, since we're still in this pandemic uh, COVID world. And it was something that I haven't had a chance to do in a while, and that's involved myself in a TED Talk Circles meeting. Uh, For you guys that aren't familiar, uh, a good buddy of mine is a TED Talk organizer. He gets to go all these cool TED events and mingle with the smartest minds in the world. So I like to mingle with him because, you know, that's how the knowledge gets passed on. And... He started doing this thing locally called a TED Talk Circle event where instead of just watching videos online, we would actually watch it. We would discuss, kind of lend our own personal opinion and experiences to it. And it's just always fun. It's stimulating to not only hear TEDx subjects, but even more so to talk about it with other people because you just you learn a lot and you experience a lot and kind of uh, a goal of mine from a few years back is to just you know not just focus on continued education and continued growth when it comes to trading and, and my my businesses but also when it comes to personal and self development as well and this is something that I really enjoy doing and in today's uh, today's subject was a video by Lucy Hone called three secrets of resilient people. I'll put a link in the show notes below. Um, It's about a 15 minute video. I think it's really, really good and certainly worth a watch. And what she does is talk about resiliency and, and how we all need to have it. We all don't have it. But if you don't have it or if it's something you want to work on, there are three steps that you can do to doing so. And I think this is a great topic, not just for life in general, but especially in trading. Because as you guys know, trading is this very dark journey. It's not a, uh, a clear and easy path to success. Even if the path to success is laid out for you, and I think we do a great job of doing that over at Tier 1 Trading, you know that that path of success, uh, there's a lot of climbs, there's a lot of swims, there's a lot of obstacles, there's a lot of fighting, there's steps backwards, there's steps forwards, there's, there's all types of things that are in your way, and it, and it, it truly is a journey. Uh, at the end of the journey, you, you achieve something good, you achieve a, a, a skill that you can use to help create financial freedom, freedom of time, and really just grow as a person. 
Um, but like anything of value, it's, it's going to take a bit of a sacrifice to get there. And one of the things she talks about um, in the beginning of the meeting, I guess the first thing she did in her speech was she started naming off different kind of things that have happened in life. And she asked people to stand up. So stand up if you ever had this. Stand up if you ever had that. If you ever lost a loved one. If you ever had an abortion. If you ever did this and did that. And then she wanted everyone in the audience to look to the left and the right and just pay attention to everyone that was standing. And pretty much the entire audience was standing. She said, well, look around. What do you notice? Well, everyone in here has had some type of negative experience in their life. Adversity does not discriminate. And that's going to come in handy later where it comes into, hey, stop making excuses. Stop throwing pity parties. You're not the only one that's struggling. Guess what? Everyone's struggling. I know we've covered that topic a few times here in the Trading Coach podcast where I often put out tweets or comments or, or, or quotes that say, you know, I believe that anyone can be successful. You just have to work hard, right? If you work for the right reasons and you do it the right way for the right amount of time with the right amount of effort, you will be successful. And I know I always get at least one comment. Oh, kill. I live here and because I live here, because I do this or my parents are that, I can never be successful. It's great that you think that way, but success isn't for me. And I'm like, BS. BS. I don't come from a horrible situation, but I wasn't brought up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Guess what? We can all be successful. In fact, if you listen to a few podcasts back, I talk about how, um, I think I put it out at least, uh, I talk about how the struggles that you go through actually give you an opportunity to be more successful than people that don't go through struggles, right? Adversity is a positive. So quit with the BS. That's not true. Everyone has problems in their life. Some big, some small, some this, some that. We all go through problems. So it's about time that we stop using it as an excuse because guess what? It happened and we start building off of it. And one of the things she says is you need to be an active part or she wanted to be an active participant in her grief process. And, and uh, basically, she's like a resilience coach. This is her her area of study in life. And then she was hit with a tragedy where I think both her children or one of her children died in a car accident. And all of a sudden she had to live through all of the research and, and, and presentations that she did and handle it on her own. And it, it really wasn't until that point where she found out a lot about herself. So. The three secrets that she gives, and, and, and the first one is this, right? People need to get that shit happens, right? It happens. It's a part of life. This, you know, this, you need to change the mindset where it's like life is discriminating against me and understand that it's happening to, every, to everyone. So it's acceptance. You need to accept that your life isn't perfect, right? Bad things will happen. And it's not so much about, the bad things that happen, but it's about how you bounce back off of those bad things. And one of the examples that I guess hurts with this, and we had a, about an hour long discussion on this subject alone, is the fact that social media paints an unrealistic profile, right? I always, I always call social media the sports center of, of the internet, right? It is, it is the highlight reel. It only shows you the best moments, right? It doesn't show you the, the 10 horrible pictures that it took to get that perfect sunlight, it only shows you the perfect one. And because of that, we have this unrealistic or just this false perception of what reality is. And when we see that on social media, and when we're personally struggling, 
and going through something and we turn to social media because that's kind of the, the drug now that people go to when they feel bad, they see the perfect life, which makes things even worse, right? I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now and I go to this, oh, she's having such a good time. Oh, he's on vacation. Oh, look at that, look at that. They're living their perfect life, right? The captions say everything is awesome. Everything's not all, always awesome in, uh, in life, but that's what the social media post says. And because of that, you start to feel like, life is discriminating against me, right? Life is only taking a crap on me and not anyone else. And that just puts you deeper into that hole of not accepting that this is normal. Adversity is normal. Setbacks are normal, right? Um, for a trading example, right? We see this all the time. Let me ask you guys this. How many times have you browsed social media and you looked at all these posts of, of people losing trades? Huh? How many times, maybe aside from myself and Jason Greystone, right? We're, we're pretty honest with what we do. You see a social media post that says, hey guys, losing week. Woohoo. Probably not. Or at least the majority of the time you're seeing these PL spreadsheets or these, these screenshots, I should say, of all profit. Hey, 50% gainer this week. Ooh, 10 week heater, 10 trades in a row. Let's do it. And you're seeing this false perception thinking that everyone is winning at trading. Reality is 90% of traders are failing, guys. 90% of traders are failing in real life. 95% of traders are winning on social media life. But because you're a newer trader, maybe you're, you haven't been taught what the reality is, all of a sudden your failure is elevated. Maybe, maybe your struggle is the better way. Your struggle is elevated because everyone else is winning. So on a day where you had a rough day, everyone else that you come in contact with had a great day and all of a sudden you're the problem. It's, it's not just, hey, the markets didn't give it to you today. It's not the strategy or whatever like that. All of a sudden, what you're doing is the problem. And that can lead down a bad path. The second secret to success is that, or to resiliency, uh, which I guess in turn will give you success, is that people who are very resilient, they are very good at choosing, right? Life is a choice. This is another topic that I get feedback on, negative feedback, where I say, hey, we have complete control over our life. No, I don't. Product of my environment. BS. You get dealt a certain hand of cards. Don't, don't get me wrong, right? Um, but you choose how you play those cards. You choose all of your reactions. Um, you, your choices may be between bad and, and, and worse, um, but you still have a choice. So um, the second part of uh, the second secret to resiliency, right, to being very resilient is that resilient people are very good at where they place their attention, right? They focus on things that they can change and they just accept things that they can't change. You'll, you'll hear me say this from time to time. Focus on your focus. Control what you can control. If you can control something, control it. If you can't control it, don't stress over it because guess what? Is stressing over it gonna do anything? No, because you have no control over it anyway. So all you're doing is deciding to put yourself in a negative mind state and there's nothing else you can do about it, right? You're, you're, you're purposely making yourself feel bad when you don't have to, right? Um, as human beings, and here's the interesting thing, right? Going back to kind of like caveman days, uh, we know that humans were, were, were pretty simple creatures, right? We're driven by two things, pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure, pain and pleasure. Everything that we do is, is for one of two reasons, either to gain pleasure, right? To run towards the pleasure or run away from the pain, one or the two. However, one is stronger, I guess you can say, than the other. One has a bigger effect, and that's going to be pain, right? So we react off of pain much more than we react off of pleasure. And I'll give 
you know, the example of my college days as an example, right? Um, you know, professor gives us an assignment, says, hey, Akil, essay is due Friday, right? Let's say it's a Monday. I'm like, okay, Monday, Akil, all right, let's get started on this essay. Uh, we're not going to do it, right? The, 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 the pleasure of playing this video game is going to outweigh it. Tuesday, uh, the pleasure of a little nap is going to outweigh it, right? Wednesday, uh, the pleasure of watching this Netflix series is going to uh, outweigh it, right? And I keep doing that. You keep choosing pleasure until you get to Thursday night or maybe Friday morning um, where it's like, oh, crap, reality hits. The pain of not doing this quiz, right, or, or this essay, whatever I said, and getting a bad grade and failing out of school and, and blah, 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 blah. Now that has such an outweighing kind of weight that you're forced to do it, right? Pain is such a bigger motivator than pleasure. Even with myself in, in, in this day, right? I am, I've been successful for many, many, many years now, right? And what motivates me isn't more success. I'm not motivated by a bigger paycheck. I'm not motivated by becoming more successful. I'm not motivated by getting this many more properties or, or whatever you want to call it. I'm motivated by the fear. What motivates me most? Let's, let's backstep. I am motivated by all of those things, right? I want more money. <laughs> I want more properties, right? I want to set up a firm establishment and, and, and legacy for my children and their children's children, blah, 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 blah. I do want all those stuff. That's motivating. Don't get me wrong. But what motivates me the most is I'm scared of failing and going back to the beginning, right? I know how hard I've worked to get to this moment. And I am deathly afraid of going back. So everything I do every single day, the reason I continue to work so hard is because I know what the alternative is. I know what it was like before I was successful. I know what it was like working like 20 hour days and cleaning toilets at night. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that anymore. Trust me. And I am fearful every single day of going back to those moments. And what would make it worse now is that I have a family and children, right? A wife and kids a house with a mortgage. So there's a lot more baggage I'm carrying with me if I do drop down. So that pain or, or that perception of pain, what would be pain is what motivates me today. But even going back to like human beings and back when we were like cavemen days, for you guys that believe we were cavemen, right? Um, in evolution, right? Pain has always been, or, or, or pain, fear, whatever you want to call it, has always been a number one motivator, right? And it's it's more of a survival tactic, right? You think about a caveman back in, in, in the day, right? And they're out in the wild hunting, right? I'm sure there are all sorts of pleasurable things out there. There's rainbows and flowers and all sorts of things that look cool. And ooh, if I were to smell this, it would smell good. Or ooh, if I were to capture this whatever creature it would make for a good hunt and the, the pleasure of eating that meal would be worth it. But the number one thing is pain. The number one thing is fear, right? We are alerted to danger. We are alerted to where is our predator at? Where is that tiger at? Where is that whatever that's going to eat me at, right? That sense of fear was the biggest thing and everything we do works around that sense of fear. There could be a, a, a nice deer out there waiting for you, but if it's an open field and you have that feeling that a tiger or a lion is lurking, you're gonna stay, you're gonna stay hungry for the night. You're not gonna chance it because that fear outweighs it. And that's something that we've carried to us to this day. Uh, the bad thing is it has changed. Instead of some type of predator attacking us, right? This, this new fear is different threats and, and and mainly it's you know it's it's made up threats right you get stuff on social media a negative comment or negative news 
or something in your relationship, right? We, we have all these made up threats that are now out there that um, I know Lucy said that I think she says says it this way. I hope I'm not wrong, but she says that um, we're, we're basically constantly bombarded with threats. And because of that, our stress response is permanently dialed up, right? We are always on edge. We are always on edge. And, and that's, that's not the right way to operate. So we need to choose to give attention to things that we have an, uh, an impact over and ignore what we can't. And, you know, a perfect example of this, again, goes back to trading, right? We always preach process over outcome, right? Our, you know, trading is a game of probability, risk management, and discipline, right? You're trading something with a positive expectancy, meaning that if you execute it consistently, it will make money, right? Risk management allows you to make more money when you win and lose less when you lose. Discipline allows you to actually execute the darn thing and go through with it, right? So with that being said, even if you have a very high win rate on a system, right? You have a system that is 80% correct, 80% correct, which I'm sure everyone here would, would either say that's unrealistic or amazing, but let's just use that extreme example. You are 80% correct. Guess what you're doing 20% of the time? You're losing. And the question is, and, and this could be different depending on your stage of trading, the question is with those losses, are you losing because of something you've done? Is it something you can fix? Or is that just how the system works? No system wins all the time. It just happens to lose. And I'm sure that will differ depending on your, your stage of the journey. I'm sure as, as, as a beginner trader, there are many things that you can fix. Oh, I, I, I should have entered this way or maybe I put targets at a poor place, right? Those are things that are fixable that you can use to kind of improve your system. But eventually you're going to get to the point where you basically max out your system. You've done everything you can do to add filters to your system, uh, to add filters to your trading, to gain that um, intuition, you've done everything you can do to maximize your performance and there's nothing that you can do that won't end up making it worse. And, and at that point, we need to understand that, hey, what the, the result of any individual trade is not up to me, right? I can't control whether a trade wins or lose, loses. I can't control whether the market goes up or down. So if you take a loss, there's no, there, there's no benefit in throwing a pity party over. There's no benefit in crying and yelling into your pillow. Nah, market got me, right? That doesn't do anything. All you're doing is wasting energy on something you can't control. What you can control is how you approach the next trade. What you can control is maybe reviewing the trade that you took and just making sure you did everything correct, right? Don't waste energy on the stuff that doesn't matter, on these perceived threats, Blaming your broker, blaming your system, blaming the guy on YouTube, right? Don't waste energy on that stuff because you can't do anything about it. We had uh, the other day, uh, it was FOMC day, FOMC statement and press conference. The market went bonkers, right? Whipsawed a lot of people, took them left, took them right, shook all the money out their pockets, right? Can you do anything about that, right? No, aside from not being involved in a trade, which is what I recommend, by the way, during those type of events, but let's say your rules say you have to trade through it. There's nothing you can do. It happened. It sucks too bad. Focus on what's next. And that's what resilient people do. They focus on the next. Um, they have a they don't have a present mind state. I guess you can think that they're, they're always looking for or looking at the future, not necessarily for that instant gratification, but for the future. The last thing she mentioned, as far as uh, the three secrets of resilient people, 
is they ask themselves this question. Is what I'm doing helping or harming me? And that's an interesting question. And this, this kind of follows up on the control what you can control. But it's more about putting yourself in the right type of situation. Right. In the example that she gave when she lost her children, she noticed that she was going back and scrolling through pictures of her children and, and whatnot, all the happy moments they shared. And it was just making things worse. As far as her grieving, everyone's different. But for her, it was making things worse because it reminded her of the, the incident, reminded her of the death, and it just made her worse. We see that a lot, once again, on social media where people be, will be depressed and then they go on social media. They, let's say they have a breakup, right? You, many of you guys have probably done this, right? Your, your girlfriend or boyfriend breaks up with you. And what's the first thing you do? You go on social media and then guess what? You start looking at pictures of them. You're like, oh, I miss her so much. I miss her so much. She was so beautiful. I remember that picture. That's when we went hiking. And then it brings up all these memories where it's like, we're not together, but I'm torturing myself, right? You do it a month later. She's with a new dude and you see him. He's like, oh, he's so strong. He's so much stronger than me. He's got more hair than me. And then you start getting mad at yourself again. And like, but, and, and you're upset, but guess what? You're putting yourself in that situation, Right? It's no different than revenge trading in the market, right? We have that, that FOMC statement that maybe whipsaws you out, right? You, you make the right prediction. Unfortunately, the market took your money before it can go right. And now you're mad. You're steaming. You're fuming. So what do you do? You hang around your charts and you look, okay, I just lost 50 pips. I got to get 50 pips back. You put yourself in a situation where you revenge trade where you're, you're not in the proper mindset, you're highly emotional, you enter the, you look at a chart while you're highly emotional, you now come in with the, the gambler's mentality and you just end up placing the trade and it loses and then you blame the market or you blame your system, you blame someone else. But guess what? Who put yourself in that situation? Who put you in that situation? Yourself. You did. You made the decision. You had a choice. You could have left the chart. You could have de-stressed right? Go on a bike ride, you know, do some boxing, play a video game, shoot some people up on the video game, right? You could do numerous activities, go play with your kids, write a book, journal. You could have done numerous things to remove yourself from that situation, but you didn't. You put yourself in a harmful situation and guess what happened? You got harmed, but you had control over that. People who are resilient, they don't do that. The first thing they do is they put themselves in a positive situation, right? What do I do after a bad day of trading? I work out. I put on the boxing gloves and I start punching something heavy, right? I get my anger out. By the time I get back to the charts, I'm back to a neutral mindset and I'm ready to go. Something I used to do as a younger trader, win or lose, I had a playlist, right? When I won, I had a playlist. Turn it on. Dance around, hop, jump, scream, yell. By the time that, that song was over, it was about three minutes. If it was a really good trade, I'd do two songs. 10-minute break, come back with a neutral mindset. Hey, let's forget about the, the last trade. Let's focus on the next trade. Same thing for losing trades. Play some more depressing music. But you know, regardless, three minutes, six minutes, boom, I'm back. Neutral state. I removed myself from a highly emotional situation and did not return until I was in the proper mindset. And that can go for life as well right? 
I've been in numerous, uh, I've got friends that grown up with that didn't always do the right things. I've been in numerous situations where my spidey sense went off and said, hey, I probably shouldn't be in this car with these people. What do I do? Hey, man, I'm gonna go catch the bus. Can you drop me off? You're not trying to, nah, I'm not trying to do that, man. I got this sports career I'm trying to do. Nah, I'm, I'm not, nope, not trying to go to jail tonight. We're not gonna go to jail, look, just in case. I don't even wanna give myself the chance. We can even talk about situations right now, um, you know, about the, the, the stuff that's going on in the world. We're at kind of a extreme right now, extreme tension for, for, for race issues. And people are starting to really listen and, and understand what the, the black experience is. Um, people call it, you know, white privilege. And, and it's not necessarily a, a negative term. I wouldn't use it as just a negative term, but it's, it's more so a, an unknowing privilege. Right. There was a, a news reporter the other day that said she had an experience for the first time understanding kind of what white privilege was for her. And she was out for a jog and, you know, pandemic 2020. Right. Everyone's yard looks nice. Everyone's doing yard work. Right. Everyone's building stuff. Right. Houses have looked more spectacular than ever before because we got nothing else to do, nothing, nothing else to do but build, build stuff and, and de-weed. Right. So she's going for this run and she stops in front of this house just to admire their landscape. And she's like, man. That looks good, right? Starts smelling flowers and looking at it and be like, man, I should probably grow some of these. And then she said it hit her at that moment where she's like, hey, this is white privilege. Because if I wasn't this, you know, middle-aged or younger white woman, I may be looked at as if I'm doing something else, right? And I bring it up in kind of like an example for me. I was, I was always taught growing up while driving, right? We, we had a lot of incidents where people would get shot being pulled over, right? They reach into their, their glove compartment, they get their license and registration, you know, like an old school black wallet, they think it's a gun, bow, 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 right? You're done, right? That was a, that was a common fear, right? It, it wasn't until I get older that I didn't, I didn't realize that that wasn't a common fear for normal people, right? I, I was talking in the group, I assume I'm gonna get pulled over every time I see a cop. You adapt to it, it's, it's no longer, you kind of get desensitized to it because it's just, I've been doing this for 35 years, or thinking this way for 35 years, 34 years, not 35 yet, but stuff like that, right? If, if you don't want to put yourself in that situation where you can even be thought of, of pulling out a gun from your glove compartment, you know what I used to do growing up? I would do two things. One, I would always walk around with very bright wallets, very bright, colorful wallets. So it, it could not even be confused with a pistol. And I would always keep the wallet and the registration right on the dash. I'd never touch it. Mr. Police, here we go, sir. Always say, sir. My wallet is right there. Feel free to reach in and grab it if you want. My hands are staying right here where you can see it, right? I'm removing myself from a situation that can bring me potential harm. Whether that harm is by my fault or not, doesn't matter. I'm putting myself in the best situation to avoid that negative and hopefully get a positive result. And that's what resilient people do find a charting example somewhere, <laughs> right? So I think it's interesting. Again, Three, Se Three Secrets of Resilient People by Lucy Hone. It's about a 15 minute um, talk. Um, I think it's great. I, I loved it as far as life, but it certainly has a major impact as far as success and trading as well. <laughs> <laughs>